How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. Wow, what an amazing Super Bowl that was. A little bit lower scoring than I think we all thought it was going to be, but it was still a great Super Bowl. So I wanted to kind of throw it around to the guys. We have a full house today. It's going to be me, your host, Nick, followed by John, Brian, David, and Dom. We're all here to kind of give our opinions on these Super Bowls. So I want to throw it around to see what everybody thought. And we'll go ahead and start with John, see how he thought about the Super Bowl. Uh, one thing that occurred to me in the Super Bowl, uh, and I think they need, the Bengals need to do this to really move forward, they need an offensive line. Uh, Joe Burrow got sacked seven times. That was the most since Troy Aikman in the Super Bowl, and I feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna continue to be successful unless they they beat that unless they fix that offensive line. Yeah, they they definitely need to do that. I mean, especially with that Titans game when he got sacked nine times, and they were able to overcome that because that Titans offense just really wasn't. You know, Ryan Tannehill isn't really able to move the ball like Matthew Stafford is. So. Yeah, I think that was one of our key points going into the Super Bowl was they needed to block pretty well. And they did for the majority of the game. It's just once they got, you know, halfway through that third quarter, I think they got a little tired with all those guys coming at them. But I'm going to go ahead and let Brian give his opinion on the Bowl. What else did you think other than the offensive? Um, I think, I mean, I think the Rams got really lucky because of that offensive line trouble because uh, with the Rams, um, they threw two interceptions. One, I will admit, was a missed penalty by the refs. but still Joe Burrow played perfect ball so Stafford you know two interceptions that could have easily lost them the game but I mean really the biggest thing with that game was just the Bengals O-line I mean the first half they did great protecting Joe Burrow and then almost every other play he started getting sacked in the second half yeah I mean they were probably two or three like blocks from winning that Super Bowl and you know I won't get too much in it because I don't want to steal anybody's thunder but I think what Joe Burrow was able to do in that game while being sacked seven times, I think that shows how good he is. And I think that is to watch moving forward throughout. David, what do you think of the Super Bowl as a, you know, a totality of the whole? I think that they finally just let the, the players just play, to be honest. Because it's like this game, in a sense, felt like it went by faster than any previous Super Bowl prior in at least recent years. So the fact that they let them just play for the love of playing, and I think it made for a much much more entertaining game. Yeah, I agree because it, it seemed like most of the penalties came there in that last, uh, you know, that last few, like what, five minutes, which I kind of really like because you're right. They let them play. And then when it came to crunch time, they tightened it up a little bit, which, you know, some of those calls I think could have gone either way, but. But I do like that because, you know, what I mean, they were like, let's let's go ahead and make the calls in when it matters. You know what I mean? Let's make sure that we're doing that when it matters. But we, the game's going on. Let's let's let them get chippy. Let's let them go out there and play hard and have fun. And I, I actually kind of like that. I think that they should adopt that, you know, going forward without, you know, throughout the regular season as well, too. Dom, what do you think about the Super Bowl? I thought it was a really entertaining game. It was about as close as I thought it was going to be. I, I always thought it was going to be a pretty close game. Um, obviously the Rams won and on the last show that I was on, I predicted the Bengals would win, but I thought it was a great game. Uh, both offenses played pretty well. Uh, it was definitely more of a defensive game than I thought it was. I liked how in the second half, the Bengals defense really showed up. Um, you know, it was, it was a hard fought game. It was entertaining and, you know, it was, it was one of the better Super Bowls, um, 
in the, at least in the last five years. Definitely better than um, that Chiefs and Buccaneers Super Bowl. I mean, I think that almost goes to show like how bad that offensive line keeps. Because as bad as the Bengals' offensive line was, Joe Burrow was still able to almost put them in. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will take from this that nobody has said yet is that um, P. Ryan, the running back for the Bengals, mm. laid out for that ball at the end. I don't know why he didn't, um, but if I'm the head coach, I would have just cut him in the, at that at that moment. I don't care if it's too far away to catch. You got to lay out. You got to try harder. You got to do more. I mean, Joe Burrow literally is probably I don't I don't know if he tore his ACL, but it didn't look good on that play. Um, and he's out there playing hurt, and he spins out of a sack from Aaron Donald almost and gets the ball out. You got to lay out for that. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So I, that's the one thing that like really bugged me from that game. I mean, there, like I said, there was a few calls at the end where I was like, ah, eh, but it is what it is. They were, they were, you know, officiating it a little bit harder there towards the end, which I was okay with, but that was the one thing that, that I took from that was like, they were almost like, they were almost dejected because the Rams were able to score. And it, it was weird. Like that, that last drive they had, it, it just felt different than the rest of the game. Um, do you guys have any opinion on that or yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, Joe Burrow did not tear his ACL. Okay, cool. I, I don't know what he did. It was the knee that he tore, I think last season or a couple seasons ago, it was the other knee that he, that he hurt, but it was yeah. not a tear. It was not a tear. I don't know. I don't know if he extended it or what exactly happened, but he didn't tear his ACL or tear his knee. They said um, it was a sprain. Yeah. Sprain. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's looked, a light sprain, and it's not going to affect his offseason at all. Yeah, it look, it didn't look very nice. I kind of had some flashbacks, but, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> so, but, yeah, no, that, that, was the, that was the one thing that I took from that was just that last drive to me. They just seemed so, you know, disjected, like I said, and, and Piran didn't lay out for that ball, and that kind of bugged me. And then, you know, not having Mixon in in that moment was kind of weird. But um, I think they'll, they'll learn from it. They'll grow from it. This is a young team, and I think we've said it a bunch. If they could put a – half capable offensive line in front of Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be able to take them to a lot more Super Bowl. But to move on to the MVP of the Super Bowl, which was Cooper Cup, and nobody's saying that he didn't put up a great game. I think he definitely deserved the MVP. But was there somebody else that you would have you that you guys would have given it to other than Cooper Cup? Or is he your MVP of the Super Bowl? Brian, what do you think? I want to say uh he was my MVP. I mean, especially the last what three minutes, four minutes, I mean he was invaluable to that team when they were trying to march down the field to take the lead. So I definitely think he deserves the MVP here. Okay. All right. Dom, what do you think? I still would give it to Cup. I, he was clearly the most important player on the field. The only other person that I think could have been deserving was Matt Stafford. But if it's not for Cup, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. John, what's your opinion on it? I'm going to change it up a bit. I think Aaron Donald. Um, I think the Bengals had the chance to win it like the last few moments of the game, and he made an amazing play, stopped him. I think he, I think he sacked Joe Burrow, and he had the whole thing where he's pointed his, his finger to his ring finger. I think if he doesn't make that tackle or he doesn't make that sack, I could see the Bengals you know, winning the game, maybe kicking a field goal, sending an overtime. Uh, I think yeah. he, he – he, um, I think he he produced or did did what he needed to do or did, you know I think he just won the game for him I guess is what I'm trying to say now if the Bengals were like really really ahead or the Rams were really really ahead it wouldn't have mattered I don't think that much but the fact that there was only the Bengals were only down three points and he had that one last play 
when that could have been a touchdown or a field goal to set in overtime, I, I would put Aaron Donald's my, my MVP. Yeah, I, d- I agree with that. That's that's probably the only the person that I would give it to is Aaron Donald. Um, two sacks, three tackles. Um, I think one of those tackles was a tackle for loss on, um, you know, Mixon or one of the running backs. And then obviously to seal the game with that sack on Joe Burrow. Now, Joe, like I said, Joe Burrow was able to kind of spin out of it a little bit and throw an incompletion um, on that last tackle that he was trying to get to him on. But to to seal the deal with that with that pressure and to get pressure on him like that, I think that I think that really won the game because they were they were driving down the field. They had momentum. You know what I mean? All he had to do was if he had another second, he would have been able to hit, you know, any of those wide receivers. I think there was an image up that showed that Jamar Chase was wide open. So if he had one more second just to look back across the field and see him, he would have hit him. It had been like a 10, 15 yard gain and they would have been right in field range. So, you know, obviously Cooper Cup, like Brian said, invaluable. They were just feeding him the ball and he went up and got that touchdown. But Aaron Donald, he secured the win for them for sure. So David, I'm going to let you, uh, take the last opinion on that if i had to choose anyone else other than cup i would i would have said either matt stafford or aaron donald um as well because it's like at the end of the day you need your defense to make their plays make the sacks or tackles whatever that they need to make but you also need your quarterback to put you or was you also need your quarterback to make the throws that he needs to make to put his wide receivers in the best position. So if it was any, if I had to choose anyone else, but cup, it would be those two. Yeah. I mean, those, those are their, those are their two leaders. You know what I mean? I, I don't really necessarily agree with the Matthew Stafford one because he threw two picks. I know the one bounced off his wide receivers hands. So I don't know if you can necessarily call that one a pick. I think they should change that rule. I think those should be turnovers by receiver, but it is what it is. But, I don't think Matthew Stafford really put them in a chance to win that game. I think he was kind of the person that was holding them back a little bit because, you know, you you think of how good they that he's supposed to be. He should be propelling them um, to win those games. But I don't know. Well, it's definitely, here, definitely those guys are the two leaders of the team. So I think either one of them. Here's the thing. You need – in order for a wide receiver to do his job properly, obviously he's going to need to beat any – defensive back or safety linebacker, whatever off the line immediately. But if he doesn't have a half decent quarterback making the throws that need to be made, then a wide receiver can't really do his job. Well, he also stepped up when it mattered most, you know, that last drive, you know, to win the Super Bowl, he did his job and he got them the touchdown. Yeah. It was cup that they caught the ball, but, if Matt Stafford doesn't lead them down the field and score a touchdown, then obviously they don't win the game. So yeah, he he technically threw two picks, but when the when the when it came down to it, at the biggest moment he stepped up and did his job. So I, I don't think you can, you know, really say that he wasn't deserving of a, you know, at least being talked about as a potential Super Bowl MVP. So obviously there was another guy who, if he played the whole game, he might have been in talks for you know Super Bowl MVP. David's guy who caught the first touchdown in the game, OBJ, obviously he has his injury. So what's next for OBJ? Um, Brian? Um, so that injury he got in the uh, Super Bowl, apparently he tore his ACL again. So that's definitely going to complicate his future for this coming season. 
if he didn't get injured, I think he was definitely heading for a good situation. You know, I mean, he could practically name his price, you know, based on how he's played since getting off the Browns. Now I think uh, he's either going to sign a short, like one year deal with a team, or he honestly might take off 2022, get up to, you know, full health because that is a pretty serious injury and then come back strong next year. Okay. All right. David, what do you think uh, is next for OBJ? I think I'd have to agree with Brian in the sense that he, he takes the year off because it's not like he's already on the team and the team can kind of help him get healthy and stuff like that. Obviously if he is on a team that definitely does help, but he's not. Um, So I think that if he wants a better contract, I think he needs to stay off the field or off a team and get healthy first and then actually go out and discuss contracts and stuff. Because it's like, usually when you discuss contracts, you need to look at the on-field performances. But he can't do that because it's it's, a, it's an ACL. That's a good almost year-long uh, injury with if you in, include like recovery and stuff like that and rehab so yeah I mean it's so for professional athletes I think they put it around nine months normally for like the normal person um it's like 11 to 12 months it just depends on you know how much time you're able to rehab now obviously someone like that he's going to get surgery and then he's going to instantaneously start rehab you know what I mean so it's not like there's going to be much delay you know what I mean so I think for him a good timetable for return is probably like the end of December beginning of January um, now he could take the whole year off if he wanted to, like you guys said, I, I could see, but you know, I don't know. It's, it, it, sh- it should only be nine months, you know, nine months would put him like right around November. He could kind of extend it out to December just to make sure. But what do you think, Dom? Honestly, I don't know what's next for him. You look, he's going to be 29 with two ACL tears and a broken leg or an ankle injury. Um, his, his injury history and the fact that by the time that he recovers from this ACL, he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. I don't know. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have. Um, maybe he thinks about retirement. I, I don't think that he will, but, you know, it might be something that he should consider. You know, if he is out till December, I think only teams that are going to be Super Bowl contenders would be interested in him because he'll be, he'll be getting healthy enough for the playoff run. So I don't know. I, I, if I were him, I would either think about retiring or taking the year off because even if he is healthy by November, December, that's him being healthy enough to start practicing and trying to get into football shape. That's not him being ready to suit up and start playing. That's him being okay enough to start training to get into football shape. And by the time he gets into football shape, the the season's going to be over. So I, I think he's going to pretty much have to miss the year anyways. So unless he can find a team that's willing to give him a two-year deal, I don't know. November, December, he should be in game shape. Like that's that 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 nine months is is returned to like full like full like strength of what you were. Um, like that. No, I thought I thought it was nine months so he can start training. No, no, like nine nine to ten months is gonna be like like ten months. Like by the time he hits December, he should be like he should be ready to get back out there on the. 
You know what I mean? Especially, especially like late this time. So like that sh- he should be he should be fine. Like I said, to hit the field by then because they're because usually with an ACL tear, you're gonna be on crutches probably for about two to three weeks, maybe two weeks in his case, and then you know what I mean. You're not really gonna be able to start doing agility stuff until probably month like five, depending on what you're. You know what I mean? That for that's for like for the normal person. So he could probably start even sooner than that. Just depends on what his you know regiment's gonna. I think he'll take a team-friendly deal and stay with the Rams. Yeah, he's happy there. He loves LA. He's—I don't think he was going to com- command the big money that he would have if he was still a number one receiver. I still think he's a very good receiver, but I don't think he's you know the dominant number one guy anymore. Um, and again, coming off another ACL injury, I, th- I think he'll take a team-friendly deal to stay in LA. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think honestly, a team-friendly deal with LA. Go ahead and rehab. Stay with the team. I wouldn't even rush it come back like the last week of December, maybe the first week of January, play a couple games, go into the playoffs, try to win another Super Bowl. John, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm going to change it up again. A lot of people were talking about his health, and I think those are valid points. I'm going to go with his character. He kind of reminds me of like the Terrell Owens situation. I think he maybe stays with the Rams for like a year or two and goes somewhere else and then goes somewhere else after that and keeps on changing teams until he retires, which is what Terrell Owens did. You know, he was with the Cowboys and he was with the Eagles. I mean, this is not an exact order. But he was with the Cowboys. He was with the Eagles, with Cincinnati for a little bit. He was on Seattle's practice squad towards the very end of his career. He was with the 49ers. I think the 49ers draft him in the, sometime in the 90s. Uh, I, I kind of see the same thing with OBJ. I mean, if the guy can, even if the guy is healthy, I don't see him staying with a team long term. I see him bouncing around all over the league, kind of like Terrell Owens. I know Terrell Owens is a bigger receiver um, than, than um, OBJ, but I just I just don't see OBJ – being a long-term contract or a long-term uh, long-term situation with the Rams, not so much because he's unhealthy, but because he's just a diva, and I just see him. I just see him moving around all over the league throughout the rest of his career. I mean, he's already been with the the Giants. He's been with the Cleveland Browns. Now he's with the Rams. I mean, if three four years from now, if he's with somebody else. Or if he's already he's been with five or six teams by then, that that would not surprise me at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Browns are necessarily his first choice. <laughs> I mean, they definitely. No, I'm not. I'm saying he was with the Browns. Potential there in Cleveland, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I I think most wide receivers now are kind of divas. They they all, and I I don't know if it's just that desire to be the best, to be the number one wide receiver, you know, on the team. I I think you can kind of look to different situations and see that happening but I think I think he finds a home there in in LA for a while I mean they don't really have any that very much draft capital going forward they're kind of going to be in cap purgatory um and if they can continue to get a guy who can be a really solid number two and number three wide receiver over the next three or four years on some friendly deals I think that 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 would be a, a good situation for both of them especially if Matthew Stafford continues to play at a you know a high level or even somewhat of a high level over the next like five years. I don't know. We'll kind of come back to that as we kind of see his situation, you know, develop as we go through free agency and stuff like that. I, I'm sure, you know, he'll be in talks with his injury and, and maybe he doesn't get signed. Maybe he does get signed somewhere and we'll kind of figure out 
what he's going to look like next year. But to someone else who is kind of deciding what the future of their career looks like, Aaron Donald, it's kind of come out that he is thinking about retirement after this Super Bowl win. So if he does officially decide to retire, what's what will we think of his legacy, Brian? I mean, his legacy is going like he's got a great legacy. I mean, he has had a great career of a lot of sacks. I think he finished this season with 12 and a half, which is, you know, not the highest amount, but it's very competitive. I mean, he's been the leader of that Rams defense for a while. And I think, you know, he just left his mark on the league. Okay. John, what do you think? I just think he has a lot left in the tank. I think it would be uh, too premature for him to retire. Um, it would be like a Barry Sanders, um, Calvin Johnson move. You know, I, I just uh, – I, I, I mean – it's not like the guy doesn't take care of himself. I mean, I've watched YouTube videos on his workouts. I mean, the guy is 6'1", 284, and he is like 5% body fat. So, and he, and he works out like seven times a week. So, it's not like the guy doesn't have the ability. It's not like the guy doesn't have the work ethic. And for him to retire this soon in his career, when he's perfectly capable of of, of doing the, the whole grind that it takes to be an NFL football player, you know, the, the training, the conditioning, the eating right. Um, for him to give all that up when he's obviously can be successful at doing that, I, I just doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense for, for, for him to retire, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think a lot of time it's the mental aspect of it, too. I think we watched Brady retire and walk away from the game. Honestly, he probably still could have played at a high level for a couple more years, but I think it's that mental grind. Some guys, they just don't want to get up, you know, four in the morning anymore. They don't want to, you know, go work out four or five times a day. They don't want to watch what they eat. They don't want to study film every single day anymore. I mean, it's not that they don't want to go play football, but they just don't have the same love and the same passion, and they don't want to cheat the game. I mean, look at somebody like Luke Keekley who walked away, who probably still could have played at a high level for a couple more years, you know, Megatron, like those guys. I think that they saw that they just weren't putting the same love and passion into the game. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to be successful. David, what do you think about Aaron Donald's legacy if he does retire? Well, I wouldn't blame the guy for ending his career kind of on a high note. Uh, don't get me wrong. The guy was very, very talented and pretty much tore up every single offensive line he went up against to end on a high note versus someone like uh, Luke or Megatron who retired on a team and didn't retire with a Super Bowl championship. I wouldn't necessarily blame him if he did, but I, I agree with John in the sense that unless something drastic happens, I think he's got another two or three years maybe. And to your point, that's saying he does have that mental aspect of stuff. Okay. Dom, what's your opinion? Well, if he does decide to retire, I'd be pretty sad because, you know, I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He's definitely one of the most, you know, dominant defensive line players of all time. Um, you know, if he does decide to retire, you know, I understand, you know, what else does he have left to prove? He just won a Super Bowl. He's won every other award that he could possibly win besides MVP. You know, there, there's not much else to prove that he's one of the greatest of all time. So he's understandably considering his options. But, you know, I hope he doesn't retire. But if he does, you know, he's definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely be a first ballot Hall of Fame, no, no doubt. I mean, he's – I agree with you. I think he'll be one of the best defensive players that, that you know, in league history up to this point. And I don't know. I agree with you guys. He does have a lot left in the tank. I think if he – but if he comes back, he's just going to be coming back to pad stats and maybe win another Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting. I, like I said, I think a lot of these guys that go out and they, when they choose to go out, they choose to go out, you know, without any like major injuries. You know what I mean? Like he's, his body's still pretty much intact, you know what I mean? And, and to, and to choose to come back and put your body on the line every single day like that um, and go through that mental grind. Sometimes guys are just tired and, and they're ready to do something else and can't really blame them, but it'll be interesting. That'll be another guy that we look, you know, at going forward, seeing what he decides to do with, with his career. And, and I know the Rams will want him back. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that for you guys and uh, keep talking about it going forward. So the next two topics are going to kind of go hand in hand with each other. Um, after the Super Bowl, Richard Sherman kind of made some comments about Matthew Stafford. And I'll go ahead and read his tweet just for anybody who hasn't, um, you know, read it or, or heard what it says yet. But this is Richard Sherman. He says, I'm going to talk about it on my podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. So clearly he's talking about Matthew Stafford. So before we get into the next topic, what are your guys' opinion on on this comment? Do you think this is kind of like, you know, a little bit, let me rephrase this. Do you think this is kind of unjustified? Do you think that he has a little bit of a point? Um, we're just going to do quick answers because then when we get into the next topic, we'll uh, we'll go a little bit more into it. But Brian, what do you think? Um, I think he's got a point. I mean, it does seem like the bar has been lowered. I mean, when you think Hall of Fame, you think the best of the best, and it's not always like that now. Okay, all right. Dom, what about you? I think he has a little bit of a point. Um I, I do think the bar has been lowered a little bit, but, you know, I don't necessarily agree with exactly everything that he said, but I, I do think he has a point. All right. Uh, John? Completely, completely justified. I agree with everything. Okay. All right. <laughs> and David? Well, I understand his point and definitely agree with it uh, to a certain degree. You also have to account for the fact that Matt Stafford played on very poor Detroit Lions teams. So you can't necessarily blame everything on Matt Stafford, but you can understand where Richard Sherman's coming from. So, yeah, I, Dave, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, he can only do the best with what he's given. You know, he's not the GM, so he doesn't, you know, build the team around him, you know, for the first. You know, a couple years of his career, yeah, he had Megatron, but that was it. But then once Megatron retired, he had absolutely no one to throw to. So, and he was still putting up, you know, pretty impressive numbers with no talent around him. So, I think you got a, I think you got a point there. Yeah, you got something, John? Yeah, um, I, I see what you're, what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying about Matthew Stafford who was with Detroit. He didn't have a lot of uh, good surrounding um, ensemble, but. One thing I think is a little bit of a flaw to that argument is what about Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders had some crappy, crappy, crappy teams. And the guy ran, I mean, he's already with the best running back of all time. I think it's a completely different position. Running yeah. back and quarterback are two completely yeah. different. Be true, true, but 
Uh, you, you don't really ask your running back to carry the team and lead you to a Super Bowl. No, but he I, – I, I guess I understand what you're saying. It, it, it's – the quarterback, in order for him to do his job completely, he needs three different factors. One, a decent uh, – or defen, a decent running back to give to. A good offensive line so he doesn't get hurt and can make the passes he needs to make. And viable options to throw to, whether that's the running back or the wide receivers. So okay. Whereas the running back, you you just need a good offensive line, just to, or at least a decent one to open up the holes enough for you to get through. Okay. Okay. Well, what about yeah? You know, okay, I understand what you're saying. Um, what about Archie Manning, quarterback no, I mean, of the Saints, played some some god awful Saints teams and. I don't know if Archie Manning's in the Hall of Fame, but he, he was a good player at that time. I don't think any of us watched football during that time. I don't. I don't know anything about Archie Manning's career. Yeah, he I, was. He I, was. He was Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's father. If that helps you. Yeah, out. I know that. I just couldn't tell you anything about his career. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to respond to that either. Well, I, I guess. I guess my point with the Archie Manning things, if if the player is a Hall of Fame player. He should he should be able to produce, but more than I would think Matthew Stafford did. I, I I understand that the ensemble of the team really matters, but I think if you're Hall of Fame, you're a Hall of Fame, and you're going to be successful no matter what. You got a point there. Anyways, let's let's <laughs> move on to the topic six. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, listen, guys, those are all good points, and and I definitely I agree. I think Richard Sherman's comments, like, I get what he's saying. I agree with what he's saying a little bit, but let the guy like relish in the fact that he just won a Super Bowl. Don't be bitter. I mean, right. like, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It just it kind of it kind of seems like he was a little bit bitter that he that he you know what I mean he wasn't there. But I mean, at the end of the day, like like I said, I, I do kind of agree a little bit with what he's saying. So with this last topic, I'm gonna kind of go ahead and give like what my, you know, basic criteria would be to make, you know, the Hall of Fame, what I think it should be set at. Um, and then I kind of want to let the guys go ahead and either pick it apart or agree. So I've kind of written down three things that I think basically, you know, each player should meet, you know what I mean? Obviously there's going to be, I think that they look at character and stuff like that off the field and, and what they do as well too. But if you're just talking about just on the field strictly, I think that in the totality of your career, when you pick, I think that you should be, at least at least top 10 at your position for at least one fourth you know the one fourth of the seasons you play and then i think when you retire you should be top 10 in the categories that matter for your position so if you're like a defensive end or, or an edge rusher you should be top 10 in sacks top 10 in tackles you know top 10 in tackles for loss you know obviously cornerbacks you should be top 10 in, in interceptions quarterbacks top 10 in passing yards passing touchdowns like those kinds of things and then I think you should at least I think you should at least have one Super Bowl appearance. I think one Super Bowl win would be preferred. But I think at least one Super Bowl appearance as a player it should be like that that bottom tier, but I think one Super Bowl win um, or one Super Bowl ring would be preferred in that situation. So when you kind of look about the player in question in Matthew Stafford, now I think he still has 3 or 4 years to play, but at this point he is 12th in passing yards. He is 12th in passing touchdown. So, like I said, still think he has another couple years to play. You know, he's not far off from that top 10 mark. I think he's 
he's 20 touchdowns away from 11th, and then he's like 40 touchdowns away from passing Eli Manning in 10th. So I guess what do you guys think about my criteria? And then where do you think, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford would fall into that criteria at this point. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. I agree with the criteria. I think maybe add something along the lines of career length also, because if you're making the Hall of Fame, you should have a long, successful career in the NFL. In terms of Matthew Stafford, I kind of want to agree with like what Richard Sherman said. I mean, one point is a lot of people consider Aaron Rodgers to be a future Hall of Famer. They, and, uh, Stafford has the same amount of Super Bowl wins as Rodgers, but just I think his time on the Lions is definitely going to hurt his chances just because, you know, it's a, been a bad franchise for a long time. Bad play calling definitely affects his stats. Okay. Uh, David, what do you think about my uh, criteria I put up? And then where do you think, you know, Matthew Stafford lies? And what do you think he needs to complete before he be considered for the Hall of Famer? Do you think he's already, you know, a Hall of Famer? Well, I do agree with Brian's point of adding like the length of career, but I would put it kind of an asterisk to it in the, and have it say like bring up what they did and what they accomplished in their career. Like if they had like a short career, like six, seven years or something, or even shorter, but they, but those like six or seven years were absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And they won a Super Bowl or two, then yeah, you can consider them into the Super Bowl or even less than that. For Matt Stafford, while I still think Richard Sherman's uh, points that he brought up certainly do apply, I think that Matt Stafford still would be like a second or third ticket Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a first ballot, but I think that he'll eventually get in there, especially if he makes the top 10 in receiving or not receiving in passing yards and passing touchdowns. So that's yeah. where, I, that's where I leave it. I think I think like it doesn't need to be like a crazy long career, like a 20, 20 year career. But I do think at least at least like nine to to 11 years. You know what I mean? I think that's got to be the time frame. I think especially when you look at like the average is what, like three or four years that a player is in the NFL. So I think to be one of the best to be able to, you know, kind of accumulate, you know, the numbers that you need to be able to accumulate. I think you got to play at least um dom what do you think about the criteria i put out there and then where do you think matthew stafford fits into that i agree with it for the most part um i'm kind of on the fence about the length of career um you you mentioned you know wanting at least 10 years in the league but you look at megatron he was in the league for less than 10 years and he was a first ballot hall of famer I, i think it's more so not how long you're in the league but the impact that you have on the field and the impact that you have on the league as a whole and what you accomplished during that time. So, you know, if, if you're in the league for eight years, like Aaron Donald, and you're one of the most accomplished and you know well-regarded as one of the greatest of all time in just eight years, I, I don't think he needs to stick around, even though he doesn't want to for another two years, just to meet, you know, a, a time limit requirement for the hall of fame. Um, but with that being said for Matt Stafford right now, I think he's, 
close, but on the outside looking in. But with that being said, he's he's 33. You know, he's he's a lot younger than what people think he is because he's been in the league for a while. But yeah, he's 33. He's still got, you know, a number of good years left in the tank. And now that he's actually on a team that is a functional franchise that has, you know, talent around him, has a good offensive line. I don't see why he couldn't keep putting up the numbers that he has. I mean, you you look at his best season was 2011, um, which his his only weapon was Calvin Johnson, and he threw for 41 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. And it was pretty much him and Calvin Johnson that led the Lions to a 10 and six record. So, it, just on pure talent, he I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think now that he's on a good franchise, I think he's going to start starting to accumulate more accolades. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say this year at the quarterback position, you could say he was at least top 10. If not, you can make an argument that he was top five. You know what I mean? So I think in that criteria that I put out there, if he's able to do that for a couple more seasons, and, and like you said, he actually has a good squad around him. So we can see, you know, more of an accurate representation of his talent. Obviously, it sucks that it's kind of at the end of his career. We didn't really get to see it there in the middle. But, um, yeah, I think when it's all said and done, when he retires, he's going to be top 10 in, in all those categories that matter. So he'll get in. Um, I mean, Eli Manning's getting in. So I think at this point, the bar is, is pretty low. But, <laughs> John, what do you think? Hey, about my Eli won two Super Bowls. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all I did. But, John, what do you think about my criteria? And then um, what do you think about where Matthew Stafford lies in that? I actually agree more with Dom's criteria, and here's why. Um, Dom mentioned something about – I agree with this too. Um, Having a long career helps. Winning championships, being in key statistics, all that helps. But I don't think having a long career is like a – cold stone solid brick foundation requirement gills gase gills gill sayers running back for the chicago bears back in the 60s was only in the league for seven years and he was i think he was a first ballot hall of famer if he wasn't a first ballot hall of famer he was in the hall of fame so i don't think i like yes longevity helps but i don't think it's like like a strict requirement but kind of leading off to what Don was take, talking about, I think what really matters, what makes a player great or what makes anybody great in whatever profession they have is recognition and standing the test of time. You know, my grandmother did not know anything about boxing, but she knew who Muhammad Ali was. Um, and I, and I'm not just talking about sports. I'm talking about, the arts. Um, you say Steven Spielberg, people think, oh, I know who that is. He did Jaws. He did Saving Private Ryan. You, you know, you hear music from John Williams, like, and you go, oh, that's from Harry Potter. That's from Jaws. That's from um, E.T. That's from Star Wars. Um, so, and I think of Matthew Stafford can do that. You know, if we're talking about Matthew Stafford 25, 50 years from now. That I think that's gonna what that's what's make that's what's gonna help him be put in the Hall of Fame is 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 the, the standing the test of time. I mean, there there's a reason why when you go to high school and you start reading Romeo and Juliet because even though I don't care from personally as a as a reader, Shakespeare stood the test of time. He's arguably the greatest writer of all time. That's why his stuff hundreds of years later is still being taught in schools. So 
I think, you know, if we're talking about Matthew Stafford, you know, a decade from now, you know, we're talking that we're sitting at a bonfire or we're sitting at our family at Thanksgiving and we're talking about the great quarterbacks, the great players in the NFL and Matthew Stafford's name is mentioned. Yeah, I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Will he meet that criteria? I don't I don't know. Uh, um, you know, obviously, people mentioned before, it doesn't help that he's with the, the Lions. I think that hurts his career. But I'd say as of right now, Hall of Fame, no, but maybe eventually. Okay. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I think that's why they have to wait, what is it, five years after they retire before they can be eligible for the Hall of Fame? Yes. I think I think that's that's a big reason they kind of they kind of get out of the you know the limelight of playing and stuff like that. And then when they bring it back around, they're like, oh, is this person actually memorable? And then they kind of look at their stats and stuff like that, and they're off the field and and all those kinds of things. And and I don't think I didn't say, you know, the 10 years to be like, oh, that has to be, you know, definite. Cause I can understand there, there are lots of players that put up the numbers and, you know, left the the imprint that they did in in a short time. You know what I mean? I think I think that, you know, what what Tom Brady was able to do, especially at the quarterback position, I don't think that's really ever going to be replicated. And if it is, then we'll be blessed again. You know what I mean? With another great quarterback and another great, you know, 22 year career or whatever it was. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think Matthew Stafford will get in. I think over the next, you know, four or five years that he plays, um, he'll be able to accumulate the stats to put him in the top 10. I think that he'll you know, him and um, Sean McVay will will put each other in a situation to be in another Super Bowl, maybe even win another Super Bowl. So I don't think that they're done yet competing for Super Bowls. Um, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I think Richard Sherman's comments were more of like, you know, he was drinking the haterade, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I do I do agree that the bar is a little lower than than what it should be. I I, I think that I think it's pretty much just whoever we can put in, we put in and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's as, you know, sacred or, or as like, you know, I don't know the right word to say it, to get into the hall of fame. It's not as special anymore, but um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to the topics that we talked about today? Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we hop off here? Or? Well, don't we have our trivia question? Well, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. I still oh, okay. wanted to talk about. <laughs> no. All right, cool um thank you guys for hanging in with us i know it was a little bit longer of an episode than normal but there was a lot to talk about with the super bowl and obviously with the richard sherman comments but going forward we're going to be doing a little bit of different shows um we're obviously going to be covering spring football so that'll be super fun seeing how that goes out hopefully this league um is here to stay (laughs) uh hopefully covid doesn't wipe this one out like it did the xfl but We'll have fun with that. And then um, going forward, we're going to have some fun with the offseason. I think we're going to all take a team and uh, see what we would do as their GM going forward. So so look forward to that over the next, I would say, what, eight, eight, nine weeks. So we'll go ahead and do that. But that'll be fun. But to end the episode, obviously, we're going to end with our trivia question. And I wanted to go with a, you know, Super Bowl related one, something a little bit more lighthearted and fun. So I was listening to... Um, a radio show the other day, and they were talking about the Super Bowl ad and how much it costs per 30 seconds for a Super Bowl ad. So how much do you guys think it costs per 30 seconds for a Super Bowl? I'll kind of just let it, anybody throw out an answer. 15 mil. Too much. (laughs) Nine million. That's a little bit closer. Anybody else? Uh, Three million. Okay. That's That's a little low. David, what do you got? I'm going to say six. 
That's actually really close. So <sighs> it was a six and a half million per 30 seconds. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the to where, it's kind of where interesting because it's, I, to the listeners, I kind of showed a little bit of frustration because it was like, for those who don't know, I was a sport management major in college and discussing the price of commercials for the Super Bowl was something that we brought up multiple times in our sport marketing class. So, and I was like, I visibly, showed a little bit of frustration because I was like, I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Well, here's here's a bonus one for you. I think I heard this too. Um, and you guys can fact check me, but how much do you think each team made just from this super? So I heard this as well in, my, in the same little shit too. Oh. Um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a guess that the winner probably got like 15, 20 million. And the loser got like five. You said five million? Five to the loser and winner is like 15, 20. I'm talking about like the, I think the teams, like the team payout, not the player payout. I, yeah, I just made that differential. So <laughs> no, you're good. I'll go, I'll go big. I want to say a hundred million. Okay. That was, that's probably, that's a little. So what I heard, and you guys can fact check me. So, cause I was listening to a show and then they. they 60 not, million. Correct. Um, no, it was, they, I, the number that I heard was each team walked away with $290 million. What? So, I mean, you got to think six and a half million dollars per 30 second ad. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an astronomical amount of money on top of all the other ads that were at the Super Bowl and money that was put into it. Yeah. So again, fact check me on that one. That's what I heard. Um, I was trying to look it up what you guys were giving your guesses, but I seemed to find that number. So, but I mean, regardless, they, they at least each walked away with like a hundred million dollars or something like, which is still a crazy amount of money. I mean, that's literally a hundred million dollars is probably almost half their payroll. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah, Super Bowl generates a lot of money people. <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, if you want to get into a money-making venture, go ahead and invest in this. I don't even know if they, you can do that, but so that was two minute drill for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the whole thing like i said i know it was long but there was a lot to go over and again we are looking forward to covering a lot of different things in the off season but as always i am nick i was joined by john brian david and don today and this was two minute drill presented by deep dive sports until next time guys thank you everyone for listening to another episode of two minute drill and make sure to follow the show on instagram at two minute drill podcast bds don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute drill listeners. Until next time.